Thank you for tuning in to the Realm of Darkness podcast. Did you know the first reported UFO sighting in America came March 1st, 1639? Over 400 years ago. The sighting was reported by James Everall at the Charles River. He said that the whole event lasted two to three hours as a great light in the sky darted back and forth. He reported that the light darted back and forth over the span of about two miles or so, just over the basin. And most people would describe John James as sober, discreet man. And James and his two fellow boaters who were, who were with him at the time reported that once the light faded, they realized they had gone two miles upstream with no memory of rowing against the current. Which is interesting, because now this could be the first case of alien abduction, which is how some people have described it, the first reported abduction in American history. But interestingly enough, five years later, near Boston, three different men reported two lights that rose from the water, traveled another two miles, and then vanished. In 2019, there were 6,000 reported UFO sightings just in America. Now, I couldn't find a total from 1639 to now, but I mean, you can just imagine how staggering that number would be well into the millions in just a single country in less than 400 years. That's, that's mind-blowing, right? And, and that's before you add in all of the other sightings around the world throughout human existence. And we, we can spot just how far back UFO sightings go from cave drawings. And even in the Bible, there's reports of UFOs. Chapter 1 in Ezekiel He says that a great cloud with brightness around it and fire flashing continually in the midst of the fire was a gleaming metal and from it came four living creatures and they had human likeness. Now that's pretty fascinating coming from the Bible, right? I mean, in 2019, a lot of those 6,000 sightings and a great chunk, probably a good majority of the sightings from 1639 to 2021 are misidentifications, um, natural phenomenon, things like that, but not all of them. But especially in the Bible, for them to describe metal in the sky with continual flashing fire and four living creatures with human likeness emerging from that. That's pretty interesting, right? Because there were no flying objects during the time of the Bible. And metal wasn't something overly abundant, especially to the point to make a flying craft. So in Bible times, in in the days where they were 
doing cave drawings and, and things of that sort, misidentification was probably a lot easier, right, than it is today. Because if they didn't know what something was, then, you know, it, it had a supernatural or godly explanation, something like that. But describing it the way that Ezekiel did, for me at least, doesn't leave a whole lot of room for misidentification. Now, I don't know that it was necessarily extraterrestrial, but the fact that it made it into the Bible shows just how significant of an event it was. Now, Zechariah also talks about a flying scroll. And Ezekiel, again, at another point, speaks about seeing a flying wheel within a wheel. Right, so throughout all of human history, UFOs have been a constant. There's never been a time, it doesn't appear, that UFOs weren't around. And humans weren't experiencing them on some level. So I was doing some research on like the most fascinating or unbelievable UFO sighting. And there's quite a few, right? I mean, there's a lot of UFO sightings that can't be explained by natural phenomenon or military testing, things like that. And I found one that I'm going to talk about. And what makes it so interesting, I think, is the fact that there's no motive or desire to be recognized by the the two individuals and the fact that their picture was put under pretty strong scrutiny. I mean, it went through three different analyses. Um, you know, one said that it was fake. One said that it was real. And I'll explain more of that going forward. But the fact that it was um, analyzed by different parties and the fact that this couple didn't want this picture out at first because of fear, I think gives it more credence. And so that's why I chose this one over some of the other ones. And, and feel free to let me know if there's another case that you'd like to hear about that you found more interesting or more, more believable. But this one happened in 1950, and you might have heard of it, the McVinville Photos which happened in McVinville, Oregon. And it was Paul and Evelyn Trent captured something flying over their farm. So if you go into Google and Google Paul and Evelyn Trent or McMinnville, Oregon UFO, you know, you'll, you'll see a, a picture of it. And to me, it looks pretty interesting you know I, I i think it for me it looks a little cliche what the saucer looked like but i guess that makes sense right if everybody who reports a ufo says it looks like a a saucer or a disc then a real photo of one should look like a saucer or a disc but on the other hand it also makes it easy to um fabricate but I'll leave that up to you. So at 7.30 uh, in the evening, Evelyn was out. She was feeding her rabbits. And she just happened to look up. And above one of their buildings, she noticed the UFO. 
and she was terrified. She was scared. So she started yelling for Paul. Paul, thinking somebody was attacking his wife or something horrible had happened, he didn't know what was going on. All he knew is he heard his wife screaming for him, right? So he runs outside and instantly sees this UFO flying over one of their buildings. Paul runs back into the house, grabs his camera, comes outside, takes two photos. Paul's dad, throughout all of this commotion, you know, obviously he's worried, he's scared, he thinks something's happening to his daughter-in-law, he doesn't know what's going on, he runs outside. And he claimed he also saw the, the UFO before it flew off. Now this is where it gets interesting, because a couple waited to show the photo out of fear. Right? They were afraid that they'd be ridiculed. They were afraid that they'd be ostracized from their community. Remember, these are, are two farmers not making a lot of money in the middle of um, Oregon. You know, So that fear of being ostracized or ridiculed was very, very huge for them. But also a fear of being punished if it had been a secret military craft. Right. They were afraid that if they outed the military about the secret craft flying above the fields of Oregon, that they would be thrown in jail or, you know, worse. But then there was a, a reporter, Bill Powell, who one way or another had heard about these photos and, and was talking to them. And he had obtained the negatives and he determined that they were authentic. But remember, this is 1950. Right, so it wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility for it to be authentic, meaning that it was a true photo. The, the saucer in the picture is really in the picture. Because in 1950, two poor farmers wouldn't have had the ability or the resources to fake that, at least not like in post-production or something, right? They, they didn't have Photoshop. They didn't have a smartphone with an app that they could just drop this image into it. Right? It was a much more complex and in-depth process to alter footage and do CGI and special effects and things like that after the picture had been taken. So it's not, it's not really hard to believe that in 1950, these two farmers that had taken this picture would have a real object in the photo. Now, the, the picture was analyzed two separate times uh, in the 60s and 70s. And the Condon Committee believed that it was a real object, obviously, as Bill Powell did. But they believed that it was a model hanging on wires. And in the picture, you can see two wires. Um, and for me, it looks like the object is behind the wires. But the Condon Committee believed that it was hanging from those wires. On the other hand, the Maccabee analysis believed that the object was organic, again, as everybody else does um, that has looked at it or analyzed it. But they believe that it was a large object at a much further distance, right? So if you're looking at the picture, that would explain why it looks like the wires are going over this object, because it's a large object that's far away. Rather than a small model that's close up, like the Condon Committee believed. Now, I think it's also important to note that the Trents never once sought profit for this. They didn't want to be paid for the pictures or the negatives. Um, they did actually request the negatives back. 
and they were told several times that they'd been lost and they couldn't have them, things like that. I think they did eventually end up getting the negatives back, but they were damaged, which is also interesting, right? The the fact that they had these pictures and they were so hard to reobtain, even though they were promised that they would get them back. And then when they do get them back, they're damaged. But regardless, they never the Trents never sought profit or fame. And, and, you know, the the people of McMinnville would go on to describe them as honest, hardworking farm folk. And even on their deathbeds, when Paul and Evelyn were dying, they both claimed that the picture was absolutely 100% real. They claimed that it was a UFO that they just happened to see in the moment. So in, in, in a time where they had absolutely nothing to gain, everything to lose... Even on the deathbeds, right? Nothing to gain from that. Um, they held true to their story and said that it was an, a true UFO. They didn't know what it was, and it was a real object in the sky. They didn't hoax it. You know, and then I, I leaned towards believing that just because they had nothing to gain. What would be the motive, right? They hid the photos for a long time. They weren't in a rush to get them out there. They never once sought publicity, right? They didn't want to do interviews. They didn't want to go on TV. Uh, They didn't seek fame, you know? So I think whatever it was, extraterrestrial or otherwise, was a real event. It really happened. There was something flying over their farm, and they took a picture of it. Now, was it a military thing? Maybe. Was it a a balloon? Maybe. But whatever it was, I believe it was really there and it really scared them. And it must have been large enough to have scared them, right? We see drones flying all the time. Nowadays, it's second nature almost. And, And if you see something flying in the sky, it's not alarming. But in 1950, in the middle of nowhere on a farm, for two poor farmers, you know, that that would have probably been pretty terrifying. But I'm interested in your thoughts. What are your thoughts on not just the Trent's case, but UFOs in general? Do you believe in them? Do you not? Do you think that they're extraterrestrial or time travelers? Leave Leave a comment or message me, follow on social media, and let me know what you think UFOs are. Again, I want to thank everybody for joining. Be sure to follow and subscribe to hear each new episode. And next week, I will be doing a special Halloween episode in which I read one of my original short horror stories. 